0: hello you're listening to episode six of the semi-cinematic podcast where we talk about high caliber cinema but will some low caliber cinema find its way into this episode stay tuned to find out (laughs) we can hope my name Oh, go ahead you say something max
1: no i was just saying we we can we can certainly hope that that the lowest caliber will will wind its way in there maybe high and low within the same
2: movie a a roller coaster of quality
0: Mm. (laughs) that could happen all right, and my name is Hunter. My name is John. My name is Max. All right, we're still in November, in or are we? I guess <laughs> we'll find out what is and isn't considered noir later in the conversation. <laughs> this week, John has selected two foreign language crime films. The first time watch was a first time watch for all of us and is Mario Monticelli's Big Deal on Madonna Street. And our last review is a rewatch for John and myself, but a first time watch for Max. It's Jean Pierre Melville's Les Doulos. But before we get into the main reviews, let's talk about what we've been watching. And John, let's start with you. Well, I went to the cinema
2: twice this week. Um, I saw Halloween Kills, uh, directed by
1: David Oh, are we all going to talk
2: about that? Because did we all see that? Oh yeah, I guess we all did. I did. Let's all talk yeah. about
1: it. Okay. That, yeah, that, that is a, um, a shared watch.
2: I feel like all had similar reactions. Kind of some good, some bad. I know Max and I hated the uh, "the um, evil
0: dies tonight" mantra. Yeah, not great. Not a little overdone. I'm kind of anti mantra. I, I think the worst is in X Men First Class, the mutant and proud. <laughs> That's fair, I yeah, hate that I,
2: Launches do come off really, really corny The more I I guess at least these two examples 100% corny Yeah, It is also the tagline It looks like on uh, Letterboxd Evil Dies Tonight <sighs> Ugh, Gross uh, Some some good kills for me in there That I enjoyed um, It's also tough because I love the The previous the regular Halloween 2018 so much. I think this one was always going to struggle to live up to that. Um, and there's only so much. There's only so many places you can go with these films at some point, especially these sequels. There's just, you know, there's you run out of ideas. Uh, characters are getting that were in the original that are some of their, you know, these characters are used in this one. They're getting older and older, so they're limited in how much they can move around at this point. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Hunter, what did you think Oh, me, yeah, oh, okay, I couldn't tell what the name was there. um, I liked it. I didn't love it i I think it's fun. it's a fun, but kind of bad movie, like it just feels like a mess. It feels like it was written in five days, mm. and they just kind of I don't know it's it's uh. Overall, I, like I did enjoy it, and I I would rewatch it. But yeah, there was some really weird stuff in it. I, I some of it, I think John, you and I talked about it. Like the way it was shot, like they did some weird angled close-ups that just that looked terrible. And like the background yeah. sometimes didn't look like they were like they looked like they were maybe shot in front of a green screen. But
2: maybe that's uh, COVID stuff. Maybe
0: that could be. That could mm. be what it was. Mm. Uh, the hospital scene was definitely not COVID. No, and that that scene was way over long. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. My, the the friend that I saw it with, we both just kind of looked at each other and just like, when is this thing going to wrap up? Like, what what even's happening in this hospital? Like, uh, yeah, just not great. Not great. Not great. Didn't or yeah, not great. Didn't hate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy, I'm glad I saw it, and I would probably watch it again, you know, not in a theater, but I'd give it another chance, another time, for sure. It wasn't like, a, I didn't have fun watching it, it's just not not great.
0: Yeah, I'll watch it before Halloween Kills comes out, probably. Oh, no, Halloween Kills, what's the next one, Halloween Halloween Ends? Oh, oh the yeah. Ends Trilogy, Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I knew in my head, I knew. See,
2: running time 105 minutes could have been the tight 95 without that hospital scene. Yeah, <laughs> that. that's true. <laughs> Although, I guess you need to do something with um, Lori Strode being in the hospital there. I don't know. Like, did they, they even need that other escaped patient at
0: all? No, 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 that was dumb.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're going to use COVID. In the plot of Halloween ends, according to Letterboxd. Whoa. that mm. is mm, a different episode then.
2: <laughs> uh, definitely. Well, spoiler here if you if you haven't seen it yet. Five, four, three, two, one. I did enjoy the mob getting killed by Michael Myers after all that mantra stuff mm. uh, when he comes back at the That was kind of satisfying to me. I don't. I really. I've said this. I don't know, on this podcast, but I don't like a vigilante mob almost ever. So I like to see them <laughs> in peril, I guess. I don't know. Like You see, like, that it is almost like um, a kung fu movie there where he's just, like, surrounded and they all have weapons and then they're all, like, slaughtered in a
1: matter <laughs> of 30 to 45 seconds. Just waiting their turn
2: yeah yeah always taking their turn. that's an interesting yeah, yeah. for the one on one
0: yeah maybe the military needs to enlist Michael Myers like that should be the <laughs> next movie is finally just make him a good guy
2: <laughs> and, and would the uh fire have been enough if uh if they hadn't if the fire department hadn't come I don't know
0: mm, but, uh, who who knows? doesn't feel like it, yeah, probably not.
2: Yeah, yeah, make Michael Myers like a terminator character where he flips flips the script.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of fun. Very interesting. It, he would just, be, it would actually be terrible.
2: Is he just like <laughs> taking out taking out anti-vaxxers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the that's oh. the COVID part. Oh
2: man. And get some emails on that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Well, what else? Uh, oh, you watch? Uh, last night I mm. watched Lamb.
1: Hmm. <laughs>
2: have you Have you guys seen that? I
1: mm. have not. No. Uh,
2: I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's interesting. There's there's a twist at one point that I don't want to give away because it definitely ca- caught me off guard. Um, it's kind of a slow burn it's in it's in a very beautiful setting so it's gonna look it looks really good. um I really like how do we say her name uh, for, the girl from uh the dragon tattoo movies um oh, is it Numi Rapaz? is that your say Pulse, yeah she's really mm-hmm. good like just like whenever she's on screen she's very compelling um movies kind of a like. There's like a weird juxtaposition between cute and creepy, which is interesting. Um, I just don't know if there's enough of a payoff at the end. but I, I mean, I liked it. I gave it a 3.75 out of 5, so I think it's worth watching. Um, people have a lot of people seem to have issues with the ending. I didn't really have an issue with it. I like when I'm surprised too, and like whatever whatever the twist is surprised me and I think I like said something out loud in the theater (laughs) I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) and uh I always I just I like I like being surprised so um I had fun with it I almost got there late I think I was like I got there right as it started I really pushed it with um missing the trailers and I gotta be more mindful of that but uh yeah uh good not great I've interested to see what you guys think, to be honest, because um, I feel like it's a little bit polarizing at this point. Some people are saying, like, it's kind of like a, uh, a parody of other A24 films in some ways. Um, hmm. I guess because of the animals with the, you know, compared
0: to, like, The Witch. Hmm. But, but uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I think I will check it out. I don't, I don't think I'll see it in the theater, but... It is one I'm I'm looking forward to.
2: Yeah, I think when something's like... It's like such a sl- like a slower, quiet film, I don't think you're really going to need to see it in the theater necessarily to
0: get the full experience. Don't tell Nicole Kidman I said that.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: and, and never. <laughs> None of this ever gets to Nicole Kidman, for sure. Unless and, she already uh, knows. Yeah. <laughs> she may already know.
2: And um, let's see. And then the other one I watched... Well, I rewatched The Halloween from 2018, then I watched Persona Today from 1966, directed by Ingmar Bergman. It's an all-time favorite of mine. It's really... I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I've read that it's like the ultimate... Everyone has their opinion as to what it's about and um, like the ultimate critics film. Um, I don't know. It's really interesting just about... It's about a bunch of different things. I wouldn't even want to give that much away. It's, it's a classic. It's creepy. Um, very personal. It's only, it'd be really only two two people in an isolated area for most of the film. But it never gets boring. Um, definitely in my like top 100. And I hadn't watched it in a while. And no matter how much I enjoy these films, I kind of forget so much. Between watches, that it feels like a lot of it feels pretty new to me watching it again. So, uh, it's on Criterion and HBO Max. If anyone wants to check it out,
0: that's my favorite Bergman movie for it's sure. It's so
2: good. I, I'm like hot or cold, hot or cold with him, but that's my favorite Bergman too. At least so far. There's many I haven't seen yet, but yeah, I
0: think it's I think it's so good, so interesting,
2: and and it's a, only like 83 minutes.
0: Mm, love that runtime. Yeah, his runtimes are supreme. Yeah, but that's
2: that's pretty much it for me this
0: week. Nice. Yeah, and Max, what about you? Uh it's it's been a good week.
1: Kind of, kind of, uh, uh, all over the place a little bit. But um, Jenny and I, uh, my wife, we went and saw Scream in theaters. Uh, they did one of those uh, fathom event, you know, one night only kind of deals. Um, so we went and saw that. And uh, that was fun. I, I had seen it before um, and she had never seen it. So it was kind of fun to see her experience that for the first time. Um, and then, you know, lean over at one point and like, is this supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be scary? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't quite get it, um, which, you know, again, a classic. And then, um, as mentioned, Halloween Kills, another theatrical experience, um, what else did we watch that was good dove into a little bit of some, some creature features. Uh, I watched the uh, creature from the black lagoon, um, which was, uh, I, I, it's just fun. I think that's of all the universal monsters. Um, that's probably one of the coolest, uh, to me. And uh, it's just a, it, it's just a fun movie. And other than that, Oh, and critters for the first time. Um, I watched that this morning and that was a, that was a fun watch. Um, I, again, I never, never seen it before. And any, any, any of the gremlins rip offs. Um, <laughs> they tend to be a good time, but, uh, there, there's some, there were, there were some fun little quotable scenes and, and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: um, yeah, other than that, that's kind of it for me. All right, well, I've got a few movies I'm going to talk about. I watched uh, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. And it's a Jalo, jalo, and um, it's directed by Emilio, I think it's Moraglia. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he also directed The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. And I I really enjoyed The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. Uh, It's got an awesome score by Bruno Nicolai. And um, it's streaming on the Aero Channel, and it, it looks great. And, and then I watched another Italian movie. Um, I watched uh, Joe Diamato's Anthropophagus. Well, and... It's titles. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody does t- uh, titles like Italy. They're just the <laughs> greatest. But he's not much of a director. He, he's an amazing <laughs> cinematographer, <laughs> though. Okay. He, he, uh, he was the DP on What Have You Done to Solange? And that um, movie looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his, but once he got into directing, he, he was mostly interested in, in just making money. So he made uh, a lot of cheap movies, but loaded them up with extreme content that, uh, you know, thrilled audiences and, and drive-ins and grind houses. And Anthropophagus, it, it's pretty slow. I, I did enjoy it. it. It's got some, uh, it does have one scene that goes beyond anything in Titan whoa yeah Yeah. um i won't spoil it but uh yeah it's not a movie that you watch while you're eating breakfast i'll tell you that right right now or ice cream is there some stale cereal and like you just don't want to think about ice cream oh
2: man
0: wait yeah well ice cream yeah baby blood i watched at night and i was eating ice cream but anthropophagus i watched in the morning and while i was eating breakfast Okay,
1: so it's just the timing. There's a trend here of not eating while
0: watching these movies. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Or just having, yeah, coffee is the best thing to have with a movie to me. Of course, I only watch. I typically only watch movies in the morning, so. Yeah, coffee even Um, reflects the black abyss of the film, perhaps. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, this one is also streaming on the Aero service, and it looks good. Um. Oh, Mia Farrow's sister, Tisa Farrow, is the star of it. Wow, interesting. And, and she appeared in quite a few, and or in, in a few Italian horror movies. She was in Lucio Fulci's Zombie Flesh Eaters, and I, I think Anthropophagus was the movie that made her quit acting. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, and I know Italian uh, productions are pretty notorious. Um. And yeah, I guess after that, after this production, she had just had it and called it quits. I don't know why. I, she's only in a few American movies, but she's in several Italian movies from the late '70s. Yeah, I, I didn't even know she
2: was an actress. Yeah. So now, is she any? Is she good? I mean, I know um, like depending uh, what kind of movie you're in doesn't really cannot reflect whether you're talented or not all the time.
0: Yeah, it's tough to say because she is in these Italian movies and of course they're all dubbed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of works against the performance already. I wouldn't say she was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's fine in, in, in these movies. Um, and then I watched two Indonesian horror movies that are on Shutter. Uh, oh. One's called Empedagore. And the other's called The Queen of Black Magic. And um I I really enjoyed both of these. I thought the performances were great and the characters were really well written. Um and they get pretty brutal too. And they're very they're very serious. It's not like a fun they aren't fun horror movies. Yeah. And and of course, you know, I you know you know, fun kind of takes me out of a movie. I need as much darkness as possible. <laughs> so I I did enjoy these. And then that's that's all I wanted to talk about with the recently watched, but I do have kind of a pop quiz question for y'all.
2: Oh, oh mm. man. Now now what have I done? Now
0: it's on me to answer. All right, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> well, your your pop quiz segment has you know delighted our our audience, you know, which is thus far the, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I, I can come up with a question and I did. Okay. All right. Are there any consensus classic films that you dislike, or at a minimum, think are overrated? Hmm. Mm. A few examples would be, you know, obvious ones like Citizen Kane, Casablanca. I think hmm. I have one, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna think for another ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. This, yeah, I, I do have one. If you okay. want me to go first, yeah, yeah, it off, yeah. Okay, so mine. I don't dislike this movie, but I'm not a huge fan. Rashomon. Okay. Ooh, I love Kurosawa, but Rashomon, I've seen it twice now, and each time I just don't. Find it to be that amazing.
2: Yeah, I, I, I kind of love Rashomon. I got to say,
1: I did enjoy it too. So we're yeah we're two for two for one
0: or yeah two to <laughs> one. <laughs> um, it just doesn't do it for me.
1: I I wonder how much too though. Like it depends like when you're watching like you know in in what life stage
0: you're at when you watch these movies you know what i mean Um, i've seen it during the letterbox era and i saw it years you know before that as well yeah so it's like event horizon it It
1: just stated a one star i mean not not a one yeah now it's
0: not one i I did give it three
1: right but not a five like everyone else oh no definitely not a five
2: (laughs) 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 i think i have one um Going back to Bergman. Um, shoot, what is this called? It's the one that is like playing chess with
1: death. Oh, uh, the seventh seal? seventh seal?
2: Yeah. The seventh seal, yeah. I, I never really it didn't really ever do anything for me. It's one of those kind of I realize this is good, three star, but didn't enjoy it. I've never really appreciated it. Um I wonder if going back, it might change. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would. It's just, uh, and I also, um, I don't know if this is a classic, it's pretty modern, but, uh, old boy people love and I is, and I just did not like it at all.
0: Oh yeah. I remember that. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with, uh, violence per se or blood gore or whatever. You know dark films but that one for some reason just i don't know i guess revenge sometimes doesn't always work for me like Mm. i love old boy i i that's kind of why i said it because i knew like you'd have the opposite uh opinion on it i know i'm in the minority it's just something's just rubbed the wrong
0: way i guess i don't know Mm. yeah i I love i love his style that uh i can't remember What's that director's name? I can't remember it right now. Uh, Park Chan Wook. Yeah, I think it's Park Chan Wook. Yeah.
2: I might like one of his other films a lot more. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, don't you like Stoker? Oh, love Stoker. Yeah, I thought that might. Yeah. Be,
2: yeah. Okay. A big fan of Stoker.
1: There's not the one that stands out, and I mean, again, I'm I'm. Very much a sucker for nostalgia and and ooh, what about a oh. least favorite Stanwick? <laughs> oh man, least favorite Stanwick, that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> she always just you know baselines at a four. Um, wow. No, I'm just kidding. Some of those, but I, yeah, some some older movies. You know, as you watch more, you're like, oh that yeah, that's there's a reason that's not on you know a top 100 list. Um, I guess I was doing a quick just perusing of recently watched and and, you know, one of them maybe, maybe would have been like Adam's rib. Um, I feel like that's always kind of popping up on, um, kind of best performances and, and, and best stories. And and that's, you know, it's not one that like I wanted to go in and love and then didn't, you know, didn't enjoy it. But, um, things that are super dialogue heavy. I mean, if you're not drawn into, into those characters, um, from the start they're they're just kind of a rough watch um and i think that was the issue there with with just that relationship between spencer tracy and katherine hepburn um it never quite did it for me but i don't know there's not one that like stands out of like oh this everyone loves this and then i was just kind of like eh so so on
2: oh i have another one that's modern that i really
0: hate e too mama 10bn oh yeah i did not care for that either I'll just say it's a chain. Why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone's giving that one five stars. and, and yeah. No. No. Didn't love it. No,
0: Max, Max, I do know one that you didn't finish. But I don't know oh. if you didn't like it. But you didn't finish the uh, Brian De Palma movie uh, Blowout, right?
1: What? Uh, correct.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Did you not like it? Or, or were you just... Uh, what? not in the mood for uh john travolta
1: <laughs> it it was something yeah now i'm trying to remember yeah it was just like the like the noise and the sound like which i mean again it that's his character is a sound recorder sound mixer um, i forget the actual name of the profession and so he's you know, capturing all these noises and i don't know why i just wasn't in the mood for yeah, just kind of all across the board, just noise over, over it. Yeah, and I think there's one where like that's the one where it opens up. Like they're filming the movie. It's like the it's the horror movie that they're filming, and it's like the girl in the shower and her scream is awful. And then yeah, they, you know, they cut the they cut the movie within the movie, and they're like, oh, her scream's awful. And I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> why why was this included? <laughs> um, and I think it was about then I was like, I, I'm all right. Like, I'll, I'll come back to this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is, yeah, those, uh, for whatever reason, just wasn't doing it for me.
0: Well, in any movie that you give a 3.5 or lower, you pretty much hate, right? <laughs> no, 3.5. Uh, well, yeah, That's I guess that is my two.
1: Um, <laughs> so, that, yeah, yeah. Any, anything in the three range...
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You have to try it again. All right. Well, I think uh I think that does it for that segment, unless you guys have anything else. I no, not for me. I also like the handmaiden
2: from the old boy director. So two, oh, okay. just two I like, so it's just, Yeah, just I haven't that seen warm. that
0: one.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Him, you have, Max? No, they're 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 on the uh they're on the watch list.
2: Uh my watch I looked today, it's at twenty six hundred and seventy. <laughs> I'll be dead. <laughs> I'll be dead before I get under two thousand.
3: Not since Rafifi has there been a crime so bold in nature so daring in scope. This is The Big Deal, the shocking and unbelievable story behind The Crime of the Century? Yes, it's The Big Deal on Madonna Street, the hilarious comedy of errors that rocked New York audiences with laughter and took New York critics by storm. This is The Big Deal, a riotous excursion into hilarity The New York World Telegram and Sun called A Crime Wave of Merriment, crammed with the joy of loud laughter The New York Times called it a funny picture, artfully and joyously played. The New York Post said its humor is unfailing. Performances range from excellent to exquisite. Starring Vittorio Gassman as the ladies' man, hero of the ring, idol of the boxing world, who went from boxer to burglar in one easy lesson and featuring the incomparable Toto as the granddaddy of all safe crackers, who taught them the tricks of the trade, like how to crack a safe with a cheese grater. Yes, this is The Big Deal, Italy's official entry for the Academy Award nomination. This is The Big Deal on Madonna Street, the big comedy caper of the year. No one with a sense of humor should miss it.
0: All right, so our first review is of Mario Monticelli's Big Deal on Madonna Street. Um, Monticelli has said that this is... You know, basically a parody of Rafifi. Did, did you know that going into it, John? I didn't know anything going into it, to be honest. Uh, oh, okay. I think
2: I saw something where it was like four or five different genres combined and it was real regarded. I didn't know anything about it, and that is what I wanted. I love when I don't really know anything going in, like what to expect. And I was like, I was like, it's a comedy, but also a film noir. That doesn't make any sense. So I'm watching this. I'm picking this movie. <laughs> well, we'll get into this. It,
0: who? Yeah, whether you say or not this it's is noir. a film noir. I, we need to find these people.
2: Yeah, it is on that list. That <laughs> was my. That was my that noir list that I showed you guys. That was my um, make or break on whether or not to pick it or not. Because I already had an issue with picking the hidden for horror and it not really being horror. So mm. listen, yeah. if I had to okay. tighten up, you let me know. <laughs> there is a crime
1: <laughs> that is attempted so that's true yeah there's
2: a bit of um planning involved loose planning mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is like a bad guy and kind of a I mean, there's elements of a classic noir but a lot of
0: other stuff too for sure yeah anyway <laughs> we'll get to it yeah and this <clears throat> and there are a couple of sequels to this and it's been remade twice um, Louis Maul, he he actually remade it in 1984. Um, it's a movie called Crackers, which I, I've I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And the Russo brothers, who um, who have done the Avengers movies, they remade it in 2002. A movie called Welcome to Collinwood, which I've I've also never heard of. And I won't be checking those out. Uh, for <laughs> sure, I can promise you that. <laughs> um,
2: guaranteed Um,
0: guaranteed now i will say now the cast and crew of this are pretty amazing like the cinematographer he shot eight and a half Mm -hmm. and um it's co-written by two of the writers who wrote the good the bad and the ugly and of course uh marcello uh is i mean I, I can't think of a bigger Italian movie star. Like I think he's just you know, probably the biggest that there is. Yeah, and it also features uh, Claudia Cardinale. Uh, is it Cardinelle, Cardinale? Cardinale? Is that who you Cardinale. Said? That's what, yeah. That's what I thought it was. Cardinale. All right, Claudia Cardinale in an early role, and uh, and she and she and Mastriani would also be an eight and a half together later, and and of course she's the star of Once Upon a Time in, a, in the West, which is like she's amazing in that movie. Um, and this movie, my synopsis is: it's a it's about a group of dum dums who attempt to pull <laughs> off a heist at a pawn shop. John, let's start. <laughs> let's start For with sure. you. What what did what did you think of this of this film? Uh, I thought it was
2: so funny, and when something's subtitled and dubbed, I think a lot of times that comedic whether it's timing or just getting that feel, I think it's can be lost. Um, it's a lot to overcome. And I still think it's super funny. I love the old guy who's always hungry. Um, <laughs> I like rooting for criminals in the film. I like when they're likable. Uh, I think the more you get to know these characters, you're kind of rooting for them. They all have flaws, but they're still like pretty charming, I think, for the most part. Uh <laughs> There's one line that uh, Mastriani says about his um his little his baby or his kid oh, it's, it's like a baby right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he says this kid will go to jail when he's all grown up if he chooses. Uh, I don't know. It's like that's a lot of fun stuff here. I like that it's um, a comedy but still shot like um, a like a neo realistic like post war Italian. Neo realism film, like it's shot very bleak, but it's definitely a comedy. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good like visual gags, like when they rob the camera with the with the cast and the broken arm. Um, oh, when, yeah. they, when they film, when they film the safe to get an idea of what it's like, and there's always problems with the camera and like laundry going in front of the window. Lot there's just a lot of there's a lot of little jokes going on throughout, and it, they are this group of guys they are a disaster when it comes to executing anything together.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: But I had I just had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, it was really refreshing. Um, I don't know. It really worked for me. I thought it was really fun. I also really like the score. The score is. Uh, i don't know it's like jazzy it's not like comedic per se it's kind of a little bit maybe whimsical moody but but still light i don't know it's hard to explain like it's it's not like a heavy heavy dark score but it's not like something where it's like force feeding to comedy to you either it's just kind of cool uh yeah i mean I, re- I enjoyed all the performances. It's interesting. You know, I think most of these, the main like the other main characters weren't even actors, and they didn't even dub their their uh, lines later. Like the um, the Sicilian who keeps Claudia uh, his sister locked up most of the time. He was not an actor. Like a, he was just like I think he was. Uh, bricklayer or something he didn't he did and uh they didn't they also dubbed claudia Cardinale's lines because she spoke mostly french as i read about that um used someone else's so it's interesting you're hearing these voices and it's not even the people on screen i don't it's just a weird dynamic with italian films that, that they're so um
0: dubbed Layden. Yeah, and that's just the way that they shot movies. Yeah. They just didn't do sync sound. Like getting hmm. used to it.
2: But, uh, it's not. It's, it used to be more of a, uh, you know,
0: of an obstacle for me to get into the films.
2: But it's really, it, it wasn't in this one at all. Um, no. Yeah, I think
0: that's that's all I have. Yeah, and Max, what, what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, not you know it it not being like a pick for me and, and just kind of kind of going into it blind and the theme being you know noir um i I had a certain kind of expectation of you know again more of a darker moodier um, story and it certainly starts out you know I, I think yeah you, you know breaks into the car and, and is sent to prison um but then the slapstick tone pretty much just kicks in i mean I say slapstick it's it's more um just comedic moments and and just things that um that happen i think when you know when they're trying to get the boxer and he's kind of you know putting on this bravado and he's like i'm not going to do that i'm i'm a i'm a great boxer and takes one on the jaw and, and is knocked out <laughs> um it was like okay sure and and then you know this very dramatic uh, attempt to get the the sentences um swapped and then they both end up in prison um yeah, I, it was just it was just kind of funny of like oh okay this is definitely more of like a uh, just I think yeah an Italian comedy caper and because I, I had
2: to work for it yeah yeah
1: I had to look up of like what is the genre of this film um but yeah I, like like John mentioned you know, the score was a lot of fun the score is something like if you were staying in a city
2: you'd want to hear it coming from someone else's window mm. while you were like. Like during, like a, like a I don't know, during the night. If you had to hear some music coming from a window
1: at night in a city, this is what you'd want to hear. Something jazzy. And yeah. I, I'll mention, too, like one thing that I, and again, this is only if this is a foreign film to you. Obviously, if you speak Italian, you know, you'll understand. But I, I do, I am guilty um, with you know, English language films. You know, f- films from here are just kind of zoning out sometimes and you know just getting distracted and i like when it's a foreign language film you know, you've got to pay attention you have to you know read the subtitles and and because you look away for a second and you're going to be lost and yeah. so I, you know i i, I appreciate it. you know both this and they Dulos uh for that component of like picking up on little bits of dialogue here that you know i may have missed if this was you know in in english um yeah which you know that's a whole other separate conversation of <laughs> the the pitfalls of watching movies at home. Um, but no, I some other scenes that stand out. I, I love the pawn shop uh hold up with Cosimo where he walks in with the gun. Um oh yeah, he's attempting to hold it up and this guy I, I'm you know, who I'm assuming if it's a normal pawn shop has experienced his fair share of of uh, unruly characters. Um, he just takes the gun and, and and offers a price for it, and you know just throws uh, you know, Cosmo um, just for a loop, and he ends up leaving, um, unfortunately to his demise, which a bit of a spoiler, but we can <laughs> we can get into that later. Um, but no, overall, you know, once I kind of made that mental switch of understanding this was more of like a, a, of a comedy, um. With, you know,
0: certainly noir elements. Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I did think that that scene where he brings the gun and it says, like, do you know what this is? And the guy's like, yeah, it's a Beretta. Right. (laughs) I did think that was funny. Um, That was really funny. Yeah, there were a couple... uh, I did chuckle a few times during this movie, but I, I had a very hard time getting into this movie, unfortunately. And I think maybe if I had known it was like a pretty broad comedy going into it. Yeah. Maybe I would have enjoyed it more, but comedies in general are, I mean, it's just the hardest genre for me to get into. Um, See, I don't have a a, a lot to say about it. I mean, I, I love... Um, You're trying to forget it already. <laughs> yeah. And I am, uh, at this point, I think I am like a, a week removed from watching it. But, oh, one thing that was weird was the Donald Duck aprons. I, I wonder... Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. very surprised that um, that they, they they would actually show this. It seems like something Disney would have sued over.
2: I did like how he had Mario, the character, had previously bought three umbrellas as well, as well as the three aprons, for these three women who took care of him in the orphanage, as opposed to saying, he said played it off like, you know, my mom loses stuff, so I have to get her three of each. Really oh yeah people. that was pretty cute yeah that's that right was, I
0: said cute yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah comedies like I said are tough and then foreign comedies are even like that's kind of like an additional barrier I'm sorry Hunter get through oh <laughs> you're no you're getting punished it. lately
2: with the Event Horizon <laughs> and this this was not intentional but no, as soon as you as soon you know. as you introduced the movie I could tell that you had some issues with
0: it <laughs> Yeah, and it's... I would never say it's bad. It, it's just not... <clears throat> it's just not up my alley.
2: Yeah, it's not your thing. You know, I would
0: rather watch Anthropophagus or... uh I think I'd even rather watch Baby Blood, even though that was a pretty tough, tough movie. But um,
1: you could enjoy ice cream or cereal while watching this movie and likely have no issue.
0: That's true. Nothing was very upsetting. Um trying to think if there's anything else that i liked um <laughs> no i did think it was funny when they're watching like the footage that Maschioni's character had taken and yeah. um and they asked there, there's like an older character in the movie who um i think he's the, he, he's one that ends up dying later but they like. I think Mastriani asked like what they think of it, and the and the the guy says as a film, it's lousy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, uh, not. I, I'm I'm kind of amazed it's held in such high regard. But then again, it's just like I said, it just doesn't uh, in general it just doesn't ape- appeal very much to me. Mm.
1: I did, well, and I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm on the opposite side, and I, you know, I, for me, like, like I mentioned, once I understood that it was not going to be like a true noir, um, I guess in the in the strict sense of the word, it, that did help. But the whole finale, um, you know, when they go, when they, when it comes time to execute this heist, Um, I thought that was really well done. And I, I, you know, just lots of little bits and pieces. And then, I mean, again, just, you know, uh, even with all this planning and all these, you know, different elements that they've, they've taken, you know, efforts to, to ensure, you know, that this would be successful. Um, I don't know. I I liked how it like, they were doing the steps they were, they were, you know, they were, they were, they, the, the process was working. And then there'd be something that, you know, almost out of their control went wrong. Like a couple arguing
2: underneath the, when they're crossing across the rooftop and then
1: downstairs arguing for like who knows how long. Yeah. And they're just sitting there on top of the, you know, on on this glass ceiling. Or the furniture being switched around the day before they came in. Right. They've looked at this room and they've studied it and they've, yeah. It's like things like that where I'm just like, these guys. It was much like oh man these these guys are you're so dumb that's just like they just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like they're uh, also pretty dumb. <laughs> they're also pretty dumb. The <laughs> and anyway yeah cuz like yeah like what what is it um oh uh, the boxer cuz he has a a love interest who is living with um two older women in the in the room that's adjacent to the pawn shop and uh, what is it like she has the keys. And to the to the uh, apartment to the building, and you know she like gives him to she gives him the keys, and then w- what does she ask me to do though? To drop
2: him off with the uh, like the um, whoever like with know, her former doorman. boss
1: or something. Yeah, yeah. Or the doorman. Yeah, some yeah, yeah someone at the building. The night porter. And, which then it's like yeah, it's like it's this it's this simple. Like are you kidding me? Like I've got the keys now, but then. You know, the realization of, well, you know, shoot, if I use these keys, you know, she's going to be the one that gets in trouble because uh, they were in her possession. And, uh, you, you know, so, again, even trying to be like, you know, a gentleman and, and do the right thing and then revert back to the original plan, it just all goes wrong. I like the um one of the tenants that comes down because um, the women, they, they owned cats and prior to that you know they they, they had burst that pipe and I, I think the woman i think i think she calls and he's talking to her on the phone and it's like oh how are my cats and it's like oh i haven't seen him and then the water starts like slowly leaking out and he goes oh you know i i, I think one of them just had an accident or something along those lines <laughs> yeah i was like that's a ton of pee it's like, just like Pouring out of the room, <laughs> right? It's not a little trickle; like it is a fair amount of of cat urine um, to confuse that for. And, and yeah. so, anyway, I it was fun. It was it, fairly lighthearted, Hunter. I'm curious to see your star rating
2: on this one.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one to rate, because um, <clears throat> yeah, I would never say it's bad. It just doesn't appeal to me. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to borrow a line from, from somebody, this was just in one eye and out the other. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess should we do star ratings? Are you, sure. are you guys ready? Yeah. I'll go first. No, nah, I'm going to go with my true feelings. I, I'm going to say uh, a, a two. Mm. Mm. Uh, I guess I'll
2: go. Uh, I also really like the ending where they're just kind of sitting around a table... They've kind of given up on their plan and they're just eating pasta and beans together and kind of just talking <laughs> about what might have been. I thought that was really I don't know, you get that camaraderie between everyone, and I just really enjoyed that. I'm I'm pretty high on this film. I'm gonna give it four, a very solid four, and it's in my top five hundred of all time. Top
1: five hundred? Wow. Yeah. Whew, that's amazing. And it's only it's only one star better than Event Horizon for Hunter.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that does say a lot. I'll I will try to mind the comedies, Hunter. I I I guess it makes sense, but I never really thought about Hunter does not like comedies. So no comedy themed months,
0: I'm guessing. Yeah no, I like the horror Dark comedies. comedies and and yeah. I and I do I, I will say I do I am a Woody Allen fan. Yeah, I mean um it could be a dark comedy. But uh yeah i don't know I, I, I get it of course if, if you guys choose you know, select comedies i'll watch them absolutely but <clears throat> yeah it could just be a struggle but that's yeah. okay i kind of like struggling be. and you know eventually I'll, i'm gonna choose something that y'all are gonna hate too <laughs> can't, can't wait for it i know to... that's gonna be a good episode it might be baby blood who knows Oof. no i wouldn't do that
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i'll jump in um for me, yeah, like I said, um fun surprise, you know, first time watch. Um and so I went with a three and a half. Nice. And yeah, I, I would I would definitely rewatch this one.
0: The three and a half, you you basically hated it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 trying to really think through, you know, what I I'm be more selective about what my fours and four and a half and five stars go to, so this was My good. star
0: ratings are really tough, though.
1: Right, when you <laughs> play the comparison cause... game, it gets a little tricky.
2: Yeah, you almost have to just go with go with the uh, your initial thoughts, and then maybe you have a half star adjustment based on comparing. But I feel like it's best to be; it's the most natural. To just like, what did I think right after? What is this on its own against itself? What do I feel like this is rated? Like that's how what I did with Halloween Kills. It mm. felt like a three. I felt like it wasn't bad enough for a two and a half, and it definitely wasn't good enough for a three and a half. So three, like, was the only
0: one that made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. For Halloween Kills, it was a three. Some of the
2: some of the actual kills were pretty fun, and I, I do enjoy that.
0: You know? and I did kind of like that. It was really wild. Like it was a, it was not as, like a twenty eighteen Halloween is a pretty standard slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one was just kind of it was a pretty sh- strange movie. I think this one missed um like 28 the 2018
2: one had some really good uh, supporting roles by some of the teenagers and that little kid who like came chemistry on this one and some of their performances were really made the movie better and this kind of lacked that it just had more it just more this the angry mob stuff It kind of took the place of the more fun teenager stuff, and it mm-hmm. just made it for like I don't know, less satisfying
1: overall. Here's a question. Yeah, yeah. Did your theater laugh at the woman shooting herself in the head with the car yeah. door?
2: Yeah, I laughed
1: too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. It was, was a pretty really full good. theater, and I, like, I don't think that was meant. I mean, I guess it's pretty funny. It's pretty
2: funny. I forgot about that. That was really
1: fun. Unloading point blank at Michael Myers and it's sitting in a car. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that one that was good. That was a good moment. It's you probably know, <clears throat> a little bonus cuz like she was pretty confident with the gun, you know, and then all of a sudden
0: <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, opening. I thought the opening of Halloween kills was awesome. You like you everything know, firefighters Le doule, c'est le chapeau. Et le
4: porteur de doule, c'est le doulos. S'il un porte le doule, c'est-à-dire qu'aux yeux des gens du milieu, il en croque. Je crois qu'on n'a plus rien à se dire, il est tard. Attends, on a autre chose à te demander. on ne me confondre avec les gens qui rentrent dans votre bureau en marche arrière. J'en croque pas, moi. Le doulos est un indicateur de police. Passez-moi l'inspecteur Salignari. Il m'a balancé on le craint on tente de ne pas le fréquenter alors c'est ça le fameux silien c'est bien correct c'est pas ce qu'on dit à paris le doulos jouit d'un statut particulier tant dans le milieu qu'à la grande maison en somme quand on ne vous aide pas vous êtes perdu ce n'est pas un hors la loi ordinaire mais sa vie est plus dangereuse dans ce métier on finit toujours clochard ou avec quelques balles dans la peau. Je trouve cette ordure de Signer. J'ai peur. Si tu me connaissais comme beaucoup me connaissent, tu n'aurais pas peur de rester avec moi. Le Doulos, une tragédie du mensonge. Le mystère à l'état pur. Un homme pris au piège. Le Doulos, où vous ferez la connaissance de Silien, Maurice, Klein, Fabienne, Thérèse, Gilbert, Nutecchio. Un film
0: de Jean-Pierre Melville. We should probably get into our, our uh, second review here, John's, uh, John's rewatch. And, and I've, I've seen this movie before as well. This is uh, Jean-Pierre Melville's Les Doulos. And I think I've um, mentioned this before, but um, Tarantino is a huge fan of Melville. And he says that the script for Les Doulos is, is his favorite script. And he said it's a, a big influence on Reservoir Dogs. And um, Melville, he only made 13 feature-length movies. Um, and he actually, he died at uh, 55 in 1973. Um, but it's a bummer we got so few movies from him because he had like an amazing style. All right. Most of his movies are in the crime genre. And, uh, and to me, like his best work was when he collaborated with Alain Delon. I, I, I think he's just the coolest actor ever. And he is a perfect star for Melville's, uh, style and tone. And, uh, I think one place where you see that this is an influence on Tarantino right away is there's, um, like, uh, text or, like, titles explaining the meaning of Le Doulos, which, you know, Tarantino does at the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, Max, this is your first time seeing it. What what did you think of Le Doulos?
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, it is... It, I think having seen some more, you know, French films at this point and, and, and recognizing I guess that does, that it, that does make a difference, you know. You just mentioned like Elaine uh, Alain Delon um you know, when you see these actors you're like, "Oh, I recognize this person." And so that that same experience um when you you're watching movies that are are made here, um it doesn't make or break the film, but anyway, all that said, um, it, seeing the opening, seeing, you know, a little bit later on, you know, Jean-Paul uh, Belmondo, um, recognizing, you know, where the story is going. Um, I don't know. It, it, it starts off intriguing. Um, I, I like a good, you know, kind of things happen where, and you're not sure why they're happening. You're not sure who to, who to trust. You're not sure people's motives. Um, that's all just kind of, you know, right off the bat and, you know, I I know we keep bringing up Tarantino, but that's another influence for me where I feel like he does that really well of, you know, here are these characters and you're going to be with them for an hour and a half, two hours. You're not going to know, you know, maybe until the end of the movie uh, of what their motivations are. And so I thought that this, this, this film did that really well. Um, so anyway, that's kind of like just, you know, from the, from the get go, um, I knew I was in
0: for a good watch, uh, right, right from the beginning of this one. Nice. Yeah. The opening, like the credits are awesome. Just him mm-hmm. walking down the street and then the camera panning over to the shot, like underneath the bridge. And then, you know, going back to the, the guy walking down the street is, is, is a, just a really awesome credit sequence. Mm-hmm. And I love when he. When it looks like he is planning a heist with someone, and then he actually, yeah, you know, uh, robs the guy and and kills him
2: with his yeah. own gun. With his gun. own gun,
0: yeah, that's an awesome, awesome scene. Yeah, and John, um, I know this is one you love. What do you, uh, what do you love about it? Um, there's a
2: couple things here. I think on a first watch, the coolest thing about it, kind of playing off what Max said, is that. You don't get all the information. You're not sure. You're getting like glimpses of the characters, but there's enough taken away where you're not totally sure who's who or who's who's to blame. Who's the police informant? Who knows what? All the all these things. Like there's just enough left where you're just not sure. Um, but then if you go back and watch it a second time, like even watching the opening scene, knowing that he's going to kill the guy and rob him it just takes on a whole different dimension the performances knowing what you know after watching it the first time so i appreciate it for both of those aspects um i feel like when i re it this time i'd been a couple years and i knew that i had it in a very high regard um as i was watching it i was enjoying it but i was wondering why did I rate this so high? Not like I wasn't enjoying it, but there was I knew there was something else going on that hadn't happened yet. And it's that mm-hmm. last half hour that once we start revealing what's happening and then the inevitable tragic occurrences towards the end of the film and the climax, that just really ties everything together for me and makes it a great film for me. I love how it's shot, it's very stylistic. Um I love the two performances by Jean-Paul Bemando, who I always love, and Serge Reggiani is really great as well. Um, he's in the in the beginning, you kind of feel like he's not as tough. He doesn't look that tough, but he's actually a lot stronger than than you than you than when you're introduced to him. It kind of like becomes more and more. It's an interesting character. Um, kind of a looks can be deceiving situation. Um, But yeah, like the more you learn, for me, the more I appreciate what's happening. Um, It's one of those films where you kind of know it's not going to turn out great for almost everyone in the end, which tends to be a Melville thing, also. But um, Mm. it's still a fun ride getting there, and you know when good things happen, you still kind of hope that they might work out, even when you know they won't. And I like having a criminal to root for. I think it's like one of the most fun things in a movie is rooting for a bad guy. Um, The guys aren't necessarily, you know, the two leads aren't necessarily as bad as you might think. they do have some reasons for their actions and, you know, you think one guy, I don't want to give, I don't want to give any of these um, twists away necessarily, but you may think one guy is doing something and he's not they do have there's a lot of loyalty when these there's there's some honor and loyalty among thieves and you see it here where these guys will go a little bit of the extra mile when they don't really have to um they could easily just protect themselves and kind of get out of town but they look out for each other and i find that interesting as well but yeah that last half hour even just like the last five minutes at the um at, uh, at the house, I think there's just so much good tension there. And um, like that, that shot walking up the driveway, so good. It's really, really, really. And, and uh, honestly, my favorite moment, or the thing I remember most about this film, is the trick where Belmondo gets the other guy to pick up a gun with no, no bullets in it. And then he shoots him, and then the guy has the fingerprints on the gun. I mm-hmm. love that. That I love clever stuff like that. Like, I don't even know how someone thinks of something like that, but that's always
0: stuck with me. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think this is my third time seeing Le Dulos, and Melville was at one point like a top 10 director for me. I, I used to really love his movies, and and I still do. I, I, I think I don't uh care for them as much as I used to, and I do prefer. Like, his color movies. Like, once he did like Samurai. I mean, I, I think his black and white movies look great. But I, I love the way he shoots in color. Yeah. Um, oh, Les Circle Rouge, too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Army of Shadows, I think, looks oh, pretty awesome, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great stuff in there. <laughs> but I think Le Dulos, I think it starts off amazing. And I really love everything up until the interrogation scene with Belmondo which is kind of an amazing scene. Like it's an eight and a half minute shot or eight and a half or nine minute shot. And um, I love the way that scene is directed, but I do think it kind of brings the movie to a, a grinding halt at that point. And then there's another interrogation scene like a few moments later, which is much shorter, but I was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Like if you're being interrogated. I can interrogated <laughs> I can't be interrogated anymore. Um, <laughs> That's how they work. I just give up. <laughs> and, yeah, and and comparing this this to something like like the Big Sleep, which is another movie where I feel like the main character is always two steps ahead of the audience, and and kind of the events in the plot are difficult to recall. Like I mean, I just watched La Dulos recently, and I, I don't think I can tell you the plot right now, like it's a pretty, I feel like it's pretty complicated. Yeah. And for me, something like The Big Sleep works better because the performances aren't as deadpan. And that's one thing that in general just doesn't appeal to me as much anymore is deadpan performances. Mm. Like, The Big Sleep, I think, is a confusing movie, but it has, you know, wit and like a lot of personality. Mm. And, And Bogart just has you know, just awesome charisma, and I love the way it, his his line delivery uh, is is really funny to me. Yeah, I, I still I enjoy Le Doulos, but it does once it gets to the that first interrogation scene, it does start to slow down for me uh, quite a bit. It's um, a long
2: scene. It's definitely yeah.
0: I can I can see where that could be an issue for sure. It's yeah, just, but,
2: nine minutes of interrogation is is. Uh, <laughs> It's significant. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it <laughs> is. Um, I do think Belmondo, even though he is kind of deadpan, the scene where he beats up—is is her name—is it Teresa? Yeah, oh, Teresa. Ter- Ter- yeah, Marisa's yeah. girlfriend.
1: Yeah, that scene is pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. I did make. I noticed that of like, and that's pretty early on in the movie when you first meet him. Um, mm-hmm. And again, going back to like that, like, what is what is with this guy? You know, because you don't really know any of these characters yet. And like, yeah, I mean, it's not just a simple like, you know, like you see older movies kind of smacking someone around.
0: He kind of he kind of pulls out all the stops with her. Yeah, and I do like I do like that this um, that you kind of don't know what's going on in the movie until the last half hour. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wish they had pushed it even further. Or I wish some of it wasn't like explained like directly to the audience i think it would have been awesome to see um i can't remember their characters names is it is cillian is that uh belmondo yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay and then um maurice is the uh is the guy who it seems like he's sort of like ratted on right yes but then yeah. they work together at the end yeah that's reggie i I'll, i wish that you had just seeing them working together instead of him like having to explain everything and then you find out yeah like like why they've been working together like in the last five minutes mm. i don't know i think that that would have been a little more compelling to me
2: i don't know i could see it i could see it working either way but i, I like the the last 30 minutes so much i can't really i don't really want to change it but i could see that working too for sure
1: yeah I, I, yeah, I, I like that whole scene at the bar or the restaurant of Cillian, of you know, basically kind of having to, like, prove and explain to Maurice, you know, how he was not the informant and why he did the things that he did. And, and then again, kind of, the, yeah, like that, well, we're getting into spoilers, so I'll, 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 I'll pause myself, but just, you know, interesting conversation that happens between the, the, the three of them. I think it's Maurice uh, Cillian, and, and then is it uh, Jean, the, yeah. the the friend? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so them not working together, I don't know, kind of lends um, some some weight to that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the in the film as well, for sure. It's
2: just like when everything is revealed in that bar. It's just it's like if I had kind of forgotten. I I still I wasn't exactly sure what. The reveal was going to be so i was still kind of like oh yeah oh cool <laughs> yeah uh i forget things and it's immense and is a blessing when it comes to rewatching films for sure
0: yeah this is my third time seeing it and i still didn't remember that the guy that maurice meets in prison oh kern up,
2: mm-hmm. kern like
0: ends up being in the final scene
2: i did it i knew when i when he said his name in prison i was like Something bad happens with this guy. I remember that. I remember like he like screws something up or like he's just like really a bad dude. I knew that and I was like, oh no. <laughs> when I saw them introduced, I was like, uh-oh. This is bad, this is bad, bad news. And it was. I don't know, I, I uh, this one's uh, very high up there for me still. Sometimes sometimes something's really high and then I'll watch it again I'm like, okay. I got a little carried away. First watch blew my mind. But, you know, you have that recency bias when something you see. It's, like, really good. You're, like, five stars. But it still holds up for me. I, have, I haven't I have soured on Melville yet. My, uh, I mean, I don't think you've soured yet, Hunter, but you're kind of like, this has gone down a,
0: a notch for sure. <clears throat> yeah, now, I did pull all my Melville Blu-rays out, too. <laughs> I'm planning on going through them, because I need... I need to know you know how I feel about him. You know? Yeah. Reassess. So I have so I have to watch these these movies. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I do kind of wonder if it is <clears throat> kind of performance related. Mm-hmm. I kind of like more I don't want not theatrical performances, but I do like bigger performances. I like deadpan uh performances. Like with Delon, I think it works because he, he's just—he's fun to watch. You no know, matter what he's doing, he's just the greatest. But yeah, I don't know. I—I I, I think it could be the, per, the performance based. But I'll rewatch these movies and uh, and I'll, we'll see what my what I find.
2: Hopefully, uh, at least one of them still has the same
0: magic for you. You know. <clears throat> and I want that to be like Samurai* because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was a top twenty movie for me for forever. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you got me into it like who knows how long ago, probably like
2: 15 years ago or something.
1: Yeah. No, that was uh yeah, that was a good one. So, I do wonder how much of it is like too like I, I don't know, kind of like starstruck in a way. Um you know, when you're first kind of exposed to one of these, you know, big name, you're well-known directors and you watch you know the the first couple few of of their of their films are their most well known and there's like this sense of like like awe of like wow this is so good and then as you get older and watch more and i don't know i don't i don't know how much of that of like, factor's into it where you still love them you still enjoy them but you've seen other things i guess And like i mean i guess it it kind of speaks into what you're saying hunter of like you know maybe these deadpan performances you know weren't as noticeable or, or weren't as like ill-liked as they are now by you um but now that you've seen other performances that you that you like more it just lessens them i don't know just interesting concept of how things age and you know as time goes on
0: yeah i'm sure that cinema taste buds change you know a, a little bit i mean and of course as i've gotten older i've gotten way more into like cult movies and horror movies and you know Melville isn't as uh, depraved as someone like Lucio Fulci, who I adore. (laughs) Um, So yeah, maybe I just maybe he just needed to, you know, amp up the uh, depravity, and I would still be loving his movies.
1: (laughs) There was some, there was some decent squib work, I will say. Um, At the end of this movie, I I made a note of, of. for a black and white, you know, older film, there's a pretty imp- impressive amount of blood there at the end. Oh yeah, I think mean, it, right. it just—it kind of, you know, it just catches you off guard. So um,
2: rarely see blood in these films.
1: You're right. Huh. I guess it was 1962, so it's not. It's it's not the 40s or 50s. I take it back. All right. <laughs> it does feel I, older.
0: And, uh, the sixties yeah. were a wild time. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much all I've got for Le Doulos. Do you guys have anything else? Another great score. I'm telling
2: you, these those noir movies with their jazzy scores—they are excellent. They, whatever they're doing, they're just making good decisions with those scores, and it just gets you really in that in that tone. I don't know. It's, it's I feel like maybe noir and. I guess noir and horror which we talked about the last two months here are the most score reliant you think maybe it's like other genres you kind of just, you're getting a lot of times more just like kind of the same old stuff's being done or like it's just not as noticeable where in these more darker moody films it really does set the tone and um transitions you from scene to scene,
0: I don't know. Uh, yeah, and Europe- European movies, uh, especially from like the 60s and 70s, I think there's a lot of cool composers, you know, working in Europe during that era.
2: Yeah, it's going <laughs> be appreciated. And I think now that, you know, experiencing these that we've talked about recently, I think the next time there's a really kind of a dud, I'm going to notice it more than I might have otherwise. Or I might have just not even thought about it, you know. It just it wouldn't stick out to me. But now I might think like, wow, they could have done a lot better. Kind of like um, those parts of the hidden where it sounds like there's a cat playing on a on an organ <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, raw, raw, raw. <laughs> yeah. You know. But uh, you know, even that it's still interesting. I don't know. I guess I guess I'll probably be more against generic scores going forward or something. Repetitive, or that's like kind of copying someone else. And I think I think it'll stick out to me. I, I'm glad that I'm appreciating things more, not just like direction and cinematography, but some stuff that can go less discussed.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I love scores. I mean, they they add. I mean, so much to movies. And since I watch a lot of horror movies, they always have. They don't always have interesting scores, but I feel like. I don't know, I, I feel like horror directors typically work with composers that, that do, you know, write interesting music for movies. I guess westerns, too. That's They're pretty scored. Yeah. By it. Yeah. All right, well, um, do y'all have anything else for, like, Dulos, or is that it? I think that's it for me. Star ratings, yeah. All right, John, what did you give it? Five stars, top 150. Whew. Nice. Nice. Now, you don't have your top one fifty in order, do you? Hell no. That's <laughs> okay. impossible. <is> <laughs> Can't do it.
2: Could never do it. Uh like I might be able to go to like a top fifty, but not in order. I just don't it's just like it seems impossible. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just like I think I think we talked about this once. Like it's more like um you're just making an arrangement that looks like it makes sense as far as like just it's like you're organizing Something to make it look palatable, like, oh, I put a comedy here and a horror here. You can't really, there's just no way to rank that many films that you have in such high regard in any kind of order. I just don't see how it's possible. It makes sense, like, you know, where something like that a magazine does or a website where it's a group of people all voting, that's different, you know, because you can just tabulate the votes. But when it's one person, I just don't see how you do that. It's tough enough for even a year to year, you know, like a top ten. Mm-hmm. I can kind of do that. It's something that's easier, but after that, even like a top in a decade, it's it gets really tough because there's just some that are just like you feel like they're almost perfect, and they're totally different genres. How do you choose which is better? You
0: know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't make me do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Oh, we won't. We won't. Okay. Max, what did you give it? Uh, I went went with a four. Nice. firm firm four star. Yep.
2: I'm happy about that. I don't like making you guys watch something you don't like. (laughs) So. All right. I gave it a
0: a 3.5, which is what I gave it the last time I I watched it. Yeah. I saw that. I took a peek at your old rating. (laughs) Um okay, I do like it. It is weird because speaking of ratings, I gave Anthropophagus a 3.5. Lady <laughs> Julos* is way better. <laughs> there's no denying it's a way better movie, but I know somehow I get the same enjoyment out of that. Joe it's DiMato like food. Myself.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's some terrible slashers that I given 3 stars and I gave The Seventh Seal 3 stars, so it's just a matter of it's just part of the rating thing,
0: you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right cool well um max do you have a stand pick of the week ready i do yeah stand pick of the week
1: um which she'll she'll transition well into my picks for next week's episode but um stand pick of the week is going to be one of her classics the lady eve um that is a fun comedy um a lot of fun performances there can't recommend it enough it's a it is a solid five star i don't know what would have to happen to make it not a five star <laughs> just yeah that's yeah not streaming anywhere but uh well worth the, the rental for the lady eve and speaking of uh, barbara Stanwyck, for picks of for next week's episode um arguably her most famous role as mentioned before was double indemnity that is not the pick but i, I went <laughs> this with this is a wild segue <laughs> Yeah, I like <laughs> this. I went with I'm trying to make it work. And I I, so I, I didn't want to do we've 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 done some some and we texted about this because we've done some more <laughs> it's, pure It's still noir. going.
2: This is incredible.
1: <laughs> yes. Continue. <laughs> so we've done more pure noir. Um, and I had a question about if neo noir eighties uh, uh-huh, and nineties counted. So and we came to the consensus that it did. And so my first pick, which is a rewatch for me, is Body Heat. Um, nice. Star- yep, that was uh, that's that's the rewatch. And then the second pick, which is the first time watch for me, will be uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. Okay, starring Denzel Enzo Washington. Yeah, nineteen forties L.A. Can't go wrong. Well, I guess we'll see. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've like- seen both of these, so I'm. Um- Actually, Devil in a Blue Dress I watched earlier this year. I have not seen either of these.
1: <clears throat> oh, okay. That, that's that's a rare feat, so I'm, I'm I'm proud of that.
0: Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, I haven't seen Body Heat in a long time. It, it is, it's William Hurts in that, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. It's a very sweaty movie,
1: I will say that.
0: Does it take place <laughs> in the state of Florida?
1: It does. Oh, wow. So it oh, holds wow. a special place there. Um, Excellent. Mm. 1981, directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Oh, my favorite
2: era—the early '80s, late '70s. It's a—it's uh, a magical time.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And uh, John, do you have any free picks?
2: Oh, I have a free week? pick. It's not noir, but it is very good. It is from 2010. It is a action, kind of an action crime thriller. It's called The Man from Nowhere. Uh, directed by Lee John Bohm. It's pretty wild. I'll say that. It's really fun. It's wild. It's action-packed. You will not be bored. There's not eight minutes of interrogation anywhere. <laughs> I don't think, I think if you tabulated all the interrogation in the film and combined it into one scene, it would not be eight minutes because there's going to be shooting going on before that happens. Yeah. It, it is available on Pluto and Tubi and Peacock if you have it
0: but those other two are free and uh, I think it's a lot of fun yeah I've seen this movie I watched it oh almost four years ago I gave it a three and a half I gave it a four nice yeah I remember liking it but yeah it has been it has been a little bit excellent alright and then um, <clears throat> and then John where can we be found on social media oh shoot <laughs> Uh-oh. Max, uh oh, Max. Do we... we found on email? <laughs> we email is letterboxed.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, what?
2: <laughs> I wrote those show notes earlier.
1: Oh boy. Keep this in. Keep this in. We deserve it. Ugh. Email. We, email can be found at semi cinematic pod at gmail.com Instagram is semi underscore
2: cinematic. Facebook is facebook.com slash semi cinematic pod. And then letterboxed is letterboxd.com slash semi cinematic, all one word. Should we give our um, individual Letterboxd account? Sure.
0: Um, mine is alias genius, just as it sounds. Mine is Max Manuals. And mine is Hunter T. Robinson, and it's uh, like all one word, no spaces.
2: That's manuals like Daniel's, not like uh, user manual.
0: Just in case you guys were wondering.
1: <laughs> yes. right. I wanted to make it a game. You know, oh, you got you to be dedicated to go uh, find that account. Delete it. Delete that comment. I spoiled it. <laughs> no, I like it. it. It's 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 you know it's the, at the end of it, so it'll help people that can't figure out the clue. I'm not going to forget that segue to that Stanwick. <laughs>
2: kick
1: anytime soon <laughs> that was legendary that <laughs> was very strong work max yeah that might, that might be the best of for the year already that's <laughs> you know we're we're almost to november so i'll take it
0: we are all right well we should do some kind of a sign off so i don't have to end with the you know, back <laughs> in the hidden saying bye
2: <laughs> uh looking forward to next week yeah two for me I, i'm excited who knows what will happen Sweat.
0: I think no, I know no. what will happen. <laughs> You're familiar with what happens. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you then. See you. <laughs>